0: Hello and welcome back to the Celtics Reddit podcast. My name is Ben Vallis or Brutal Gash as I go by in the wonderful land of Celtics Reddit. Also joining us again after a week off. We like to rest him on back to backs. It is Jackson aka Lives. Jackson, how's it going mate?
1: I'm good, man. Coming off coming off a bit of a nasty uh, tongue sprain, so I I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I can't do back-to-backs <laughs> these days, but uh, glad to be back in the frame for now. <laughs> Well-rested.
0: Back in the starting lineup. Now, yeah. Joe, our esteemed analyst from across the Tasman, the New Zealand bro, who's in the know for all things X is a Uh Small technical difficulties. I'm sure he'll be joining us at some point during the podcast. I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll be joining us, uh, but he's not with us for now. Hopefully, a little bit later. Look, uh, Coming up on the show... Uh, we've got some Reddit content to review for you guys. There's a lot of lot of chatter, a lot of banter on, on Celtics Reddit at the moment as to uh, what sort of changes should be made to the starting lineup. Uh, we've got some uh, content regarding uh, Jason Tatum and his long twos, on whether or not he should be taking so many of them. Uh, and we have to address the the Kobe ruined Tatum meme. Um, And whether or not we should be taking things so seriously at this point. Uh, It's sort of a dark time for Celtics fandom. I think uh, this team has not really met expectations. Um, So we've got some content of of varying degrees of spiciness to bring up. And we'll have a look at some of the games ahead um, coming up in the next week or so. Now, uh, Joseph, uh, a.k.a. No Scroids McFly. I've just seen his face uh, pop up on my little uh, Google Google Hangouts uh, thing here. Joseph, welcome. welcome to the show. We've got a a post uh, by uh, who's oh brutal brutal gash who's that guy? Yeah, uh, He's posted to Celtics Reddit. Nice, <laughs> nice little nugget of, of info. Basically, basically, just a retweet from uh, Gary Gary Washburn, who said Gordon Hayward said he will come off the bench if that's what the Celtics need, um, which I think addressed a lot of the concerns uh, of Celtics fans around the world. Uh, and it generated quite a lot of chatter on the subreddit, so we're here to talk about it tonight. Uh, Jackson, I'll, I'll throw it over to you to start with. What are your What are your takes on this this Gordon Hayward going to the bench idea? Are you, are you with it? Are you against it? Um, it? Seems odd to me, so I'm curious to know what you guys think.
1: Uh I'm reluctantly going to say yes. I think we should change the lineup just Ooh. just in the short term and I'm I'm going to explain why. Um I'm no good at stats, so I'm just going to go off the uh the 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 eye test here. The the one thing to me that seems to be uh, developing as a bad habit of this squad is just it's the slow starts, but it's also just we don't look like I almost feel like the players are confused when it comes to shot selection. You know, you've got guys who are getting good shots, but they're putting that extra pass in to find another man on the open, uh, to, to be, who is open, but that's giving defenders a chance to come in and reset. And we don't really seem to have our just our flow altogether. And that much is pretty obvious. So I think, in terms of a short term fix, I don't think it's the worst idea to relegate whoever. Gordon Hayward seems to be the most obvious candidate in this equation here, mm-hmm. um, relegating him to the bench. Now, I'd want this lineup to stay consistent or want it to play throughout the season, and I want it yeah. to sort of figure itself out, obviously. But I just think... I think it needs a shakeup. I think it needs a bit of a... a just, just, just something thrown into the mix, whether that's Marcus Smart coming off the bench, whether that's starting Marcus Morris, because he's just been probably by far our most consistent player mm-hmm. throughout this season so far. Um, I'm, I'm in favor of just taking one guy out, probably Hayward. What's the settle on that? Taking him out, throwing somebody else in, particularly with the schedule we've got coming up, because I think these next three run of games are super important. So I wouldn't mind seeing Brad experimenting
0: with the lineup just a bit. Interesting. Joe, have you got a, have you got a, a counterpoint or are you in agreement with, uh, with Jackson here?
2: Well, I, while Jackson was talking about it, I was kind of found myself thinking about Hayward and, and, there's two questions here right there's like is the hayward that we expected to show up should that Haywood go to the bench or are we just talking about benching him because we sort of generally feel like he's underperforming for me like, it's definitely
1: volume? he's not back to where he we want him to be and i think he knows that as well so i think as long as he's getting back to where he needs to be i don't think he needs to be starting as many games as he is I think that in short, in short,
0: that's my opinion. I feel like there's merit to combining the the team gradually developing chemistry, or sorry, the starting lineup gradually developing chemistry, and the gradual increase in Gordon Hayward's like general basketball abilities, like in, in terms of his coming back from his injury and and becoming the Gordon Hayward of old. I feel like if we can combine the uptrend of those two things and allow them to develop together. And as a fan base, and analysts, and podcasters, and whoever learn to be patient as that as that develops, um, I think that will lead us to the promised land.
2: Um. Okay, let me. I'll phrase another I'll throw another couple of questions out there. So, if Gordon, there's two possibilities, right? One is Gordon Hayward is going to always be limited relative to what he was, and the other possibility is that he comes back. You know and, and he is exactly what he was maybe even better okay so if if he's back and he's even better than and he's as good or better than what he was where's the best place for him to be right now if that's what he, if that's where he's going to be where's the best place for him right now is it starting or is it coming off the bench it's just let's just imagine we know what his injury trajectory is and try and like kind of scenario plan it right like where is it I, I feel
0: like if we know that he's going to to bounce back and, and be the expected Gordon Hayward when we when he signed him, then the obvious place for him is, is in the starting lineup, right? Right. Um. I mean, I guess I, I understand what you're saying, but the unfortunate reality is that we don't know his injury trajectory, right? Like nobody does. Um. And I, I think therefore we have to ex, we have to at least give him the chance, uh, and I think it affects his his confidence as well to to have a little faith in him and and put him in the starting lineup keep him in the starting lineup and uh, allow him the chance to to redevelop that skill set and, and and you know come back from his injury essentially like it's 13 games into the season he started playing five on five basketball in September it's November now like <laughs> yeah. that's that's a short period of time and i really do think you know obviously i'm um, it's bad it's been bad so far with haywood he hasn't been near what anyone expected with all the hype and everything coming into the season but it hasn't been enough time, I think, for, for us to be pulling the plug on him just yet. Like, we're still uh, above 500, albeit uh, only just, but,
2: like, it's super early days. Okay, I'll, tr- I'll try and make my point now. So, my point <laughs> is this. Like, okay, so, so, yeah, I agree that if Haywood, if we don't know his trajectory. yes, we can agree on that. We, um, but let's just say that um, let's just think about it. So say he's going to get back to where he was, the best place in the starting lineup. We're all kind of agreed on that. You know, we want him to acclimate. If he's not going to come back to what he is, was, then he's bad salary. He's our first bad contract. Mm-hmm. And if he's, our, if he's a bad contract, where do we want him to be? I would almost argue that he's better in the starting lineup if he's a bad contract, because we need to move him. Like, he is the guy that will get traded for the next star that comes up. He will be the salary filler that comes up. And and to me, I think if he's, you know, this, this is just kind of how I'm thinking about it. If he's going to come back, I've already said it, right? If he's going to come back, best places in the starting lineup and he's sure. in our squad. If
0: yeah.
2: he's not going to come back, then we need to make we need to flip and trade him. Right. This is, this is this is accelerating really quickly. Yeah. No, but what yeah, I'm yeah. saying is, what I'm saying is, we don't know what trajectory he's going to be on. Right. We don't know that right now. We're not going to know it for probably, probably like until like March. We'll probably start drawing some conclusions. But w- w- what I'm saying is, irrespective of which whichever trajectory he's on, in my opinion, his the team's better off if he's going to be kept right? And he's going mm-hmm. to come back to normal. It's better off from the starting lineup yep. and his trade value, in my opinion, and this is super, super, super up for a debate, <laughs> but in my opinion, it's best with them starting. That's, you know, um, I think it's like when you, if you put him to the bench, it is a bit of a vote of no confidence. So that's just, that's one line of thought about it anyway.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think we, we all know now the darkest potential timeline and Joe, I think that if, uh, if Danny Age is ever looking to recruit someone to join him in his uh like his brutal and and cold uh, GM team there, then I think you've got a firm, <laughs> you know, you've got potential for a, for a place on the team there yeah. with Danny Age, because that's that's some cold shit. Like yeah. I, I I get He's... it. Like it, it, maybe if he doesn't come back, like it it makes the best business decision to to trade Hayward, but. Uh, just the the timeline there, and like how we ended up acquiring him, and the injury, and the comeback, and everything. Like we kind of did it to it as well, so like I get it. But um, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to um like reconcile that thought in my mind. I think even he though still, it might be he best, sti- he
1: still feels to me like he's in that weird sort of unknown gray zone of untradeable. In the sense that I think I think it really hurts the Celtics' image as an organization yeah. if they gets traded. You could have argued the same for Isaiah Thomas as well, but I'll bet you... We all probably are well aware and probably certain that they knew the extent of that injury and they were trying to get him out quick before anyone else cottoned onto it. So there's that there's that respect as well. Um, everyone can see Hayward's shortcomings at the moment. So whatever value you could get from him is going to be the potential value as well, like what we're, we're talking about here. So I think... I'm, I'm totally down with those points that Joe made about he, best for the team from a trading scenario or best for him from a playing perspective. I just think the way the team is operating right now, irrespective of what's best for Gordon Hayward, this tweet itself, he's saying he's cool to come off the bench. Now, whether or not that's, you know, there's a, a, a hidden meaning behind that. Like, I don't want to. I'm sure he doesn't. He says he's cool with it for the sake of the team. And I just think, for the sake of the team at this point in time, very, very, very early in the season. It has to be you cannot reiterate that enough. I just don't think it would hurt to to, to put him to the bench, at least for the short term.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a pot I think that's different that's not an unreasonable take um, at all. Um, I I man, I just I can I just don't know my my sense is I think that Hayward's like if you put a gun to my head, I'm gonna be pessimistic on Hayward. I think if he was gonna come back, he'd have come back. You know, if he was gonna, if, if there was no issues, right? If there's no mental scar tissue or physical scar tissue, we would have already been convinced of it by now. And and um, look, I could I could be wrong on this. This is just you know, this is my snap judgment. Um, I think I think he's gonna be a bad contract. Um, that's what mm-hmm. I think. Okay. So, um, yeah. and, and look, I'd be happy to be wrong. Be very happy to be wrong. Um, and hopefully it doesn't come to that. But that's what I think's probably going to happen. And, um, yeah, I mean, it could be worse. It could be John Wall. So, so without yeah, a We mind, could be what,
0: the Washington Wizards right now. We could be <laughs> the Wizards right now. Holy cow. <laughs> and if it weren't for their win today, I'd say we could be the Houston Rockets right now. Um, <laughs> but they seem to be on the up. So, yeah, uh, yeah, um, I, I hear what you're saying, Joe, and I think gun, gun to my head as well. Like I I probably make the same call, but I I want to allow myself, you guys, fans out there, uh, Jackson, Joe, obviously make up your own mind. I want to allow myself and Gordon Haywood more time to totally to prove mm-hmm. what's going on. I I I think that I don't think he's going to get back to who he was if he is going to get back. I don't think it's going to happen this season, including the playoffs. I think he needs a full season. Uh, he needs the offseason ahead uh, to come back and be some semblance of, of what he used to be. I, I don't think we're going to see it this season. But if we get half of Gordon Hayward and everyone else becomes who they were, as in our team plays as well as they were last season without him, then I think that's a real positive outcome because there's a lot that Hayward already contributes, in particularly his playmaking out of the, out of the pick and roll. So I do think there's a lot he can do to help this team. Uh, but, you know, fortunately, it's not up to us. It's up to Brad Stevens to figure that out, and it's going to be interesting. I, I do want yeah. to get to the stats very quickly because stats.nba.com gives you this cool little uh, way to, to rank five-man lineups in terms of their offensive and defensive rating. If you, if you uh, rank our, so our five-man lineups who have played 16 minutes or more together so far this season, you sort by defensive rating or offensive rating, Gordon Hayward does not appear in any of the top four lineups there, and he doesn't appear in the top five lineups for offensive rating. He appears in the in the fifth best lineup for us in defensive rating. But Jalen yeah. Brown, I know there's been some talk, some conjecture about applying the same send him to the bench treatment to, to Jalen Brown. He's he's all over those lineups. If you if you if you sort yeah. our five man lineups by best defensive and offensive rating, Jalen Brown's all over the place. So. I think he's maybe I'm, it's less indicative of a problem than, than Gordon Hayward's sorry. Super Jackson. quick
1: point. Super quick point. I think Hayward's biggest flaw at the moment is he doesn't look super reliable on defense he's, he looks like he's a little bit late to switches it looks like the, the players are even like you know going towards him you know it, it, I don't I think that the offense is going to come along despite you know whatever hesitation it looks like he has when he drives into the paint Um, for me it's the defensive end where he's really lacking and I think you could you, you can't say the same about Jalen Brown they're probably stuttering the same level of offense their offense is stuttering about you know similar levels but I think Jalen's a little bit more solid on, on defense and a little bit more reliable than Gordon is
2: yeah I, I My take on that is I mean yeah I think like there was I saw a, a Beeble Breakdown Tweeted out a clip um, Utah Did the Spain pick and roll Which is where like Rudy Gobert sets a screen And then a shooter sets a screen On Rudy Gobert As he's rolling to the hoop And Hayward was guarding mm-hmm. Whoever screened Gobert And Hayward's job is to switch on To Gobert as he's rolling to the hoop You know And he just like He just stood there <laughs> He had no idea what was going yeah, on Yeah right Like, like that sort of thing will come back, right? Like, he's going to know when to switch. Um, uh-huh. That's is that, that, rust. So, so yeah, yeah, That that is a little bit of... Should be a little bit of mental rust, right? But, um, yeah. In terms of who... If I had to pick between two guys, having said what I've said, right? Like, um... If I had to t- pick a team, like if I had to s- to say uh, right now we want to maximize the the uh, the ability of our team, I would probably put Brown in the starting lineup over Hayward. I just think Brown Brown's a complimentary player, man. Like he, he um, I just I want Brown to just play aggressive the whole mm-hmm. time. I don't really want him playmaking. Really, I want him just doing things where he doesn't have to think too much. And, um, and I sort of feel like in the starting lineup, he's got more of an opportunity to do that. Whereas Hayward, sort of his strength, the thing, you know, we've both noticed this A being like, He's pretty good out of the pick and roll. Him and him and uh, Morris look great together sometimes, and he can still make yeah. passes out of the pick and roll. Marcus uh, Morris is making everyone look good at the moment. He is. He's like our best player. <laughs> yeah, right? it's so depressing. Not
0: not, not just his um, playmaking to the pick and roll or pop man, but also if that pass isn't available, he's, he's really quick to the skip pass as well or the pass out yeah, to the skip corner. Skip to the corner is hot. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's so much that he can bring. Like he, he's clearly got a lot of potential, which is weird to say. About a former All Star, but you know, given the situation, I think it's uh, it's appropriate. Now we sort of skipped over some of the, the Reddit thread shoutouts there because there's a lot of lot of uh lot of talk going on in that thread. Um, very popular thread posted there by by me. Um, Soul Reaper Twelve wrote, uh, "I really don't think it would be a bad idea. Obviously, regarding Hayward on the bench, let Hayward run with the second unit until he's close to 100. percent Then by late December, January." put him back into the starting lineup and and go from there. And then there's a lot of people under that that comment sort of agreeing and disagreeing with him. So uh, really the the takeaway is that the fan base is completely split on this idea. So um, it's good to talk about it, but ultimately it's going to be really interesting to see what Brad Stevens and the coaching staff do and whether or not a potential Gordon Hayward movement to the bench has any effect on his confidence. I feel like leaving him in the starting lineup and and the the effect on his confidence here is, is really important for him. But we'll see. Moving on. User Tachi97, posted per Cleaning the Glass, 28% of Jason Tatum's shots are long twos, which puts him in the 100th excuse me, percentile among forwards. He's shooting 27% on those shots.
2: Interesting. Mm. That's so bad. Indeed. <laughs> He's sorry. just got to get rid of it out of his game. <laughs> so, just, you want like, to- I was very encouraged with the Utah game. Like, he... He clearly yeah. played differently against Utah.
0: The last two games, really, I think you that see it stretch shot. where
2: he had what was it,
1: twelve straight against the Blazers? and he, that, some of those shots were didn't look good, and they were just splashing. So he's 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 got that thing where it's like you don't mind him taking the bad shots when they go in, which is you know it feels like a really flawed you know statement to me. Jackson, I mind. I mind. Yeah, <laughs> I mind. <laughs> yeah totally. But um, yeah, look, worries. I mean, I, I'm. You don't, you you would want, it feels like it's out of step in the system that we're playing. Like, they shouldn't be the shots that we're settling for, or not the shots. I'll start that again. They shouldn't be the shots that he's settling for, but I almost feel like that's where he's most comfortable. And I don't know whether that's, we'll probably get to the Kobe stuff in a second, but like, I almost wonder if that's, he feels like he, that's his area. That's what he should develop because he's, he's probably his probably his best future self is just a pure, lethal, unadulterated scorer. And he'll just get buckets regardless. So I feel like him doing this is him trying to push, develop his game in that respect, you know, further along. Whether or not that's what the team needs, I'm not too sure. But I feel like, at least mentally from Tatum's perspective, I feel like every one of those shots he's taking, he's confident that they'll go
2: in. So whether that's ill-advised or not, I don't know. I I got no problem with Jason Tatum hogging shots. I think he's our second most gifted scorer. Um what I do have a problem with them is not putting any pressure on the defense. And when you when you pump fake, right, and step into a and step into a, a mid ranger, you put no pressure on the defense. You can just feel like I don't know how. Yeah. You know when you're watching the game and you can feel the other team's about to start making a run here because mm-hmm. you can feel the the, a lot. <laughs> the energy goes out of our. You know the energy goes out of our team and it's so 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 strongly correlated with those sort of shots. It's the sort of shots that you take after poor ball movement. Um, yeah, it's the sort of shots you take after, um, you know, you take because you've got an opportunity to make a dribble penetration and drive and kick, but you don't do it. It's the sort of shots you may take because you haven't, you know, had the presence of mind to do the sidestep three. Um, that's my issue with it. It's, it's, I don't have a problem with Tatum being a, a ball hog so much as I have a problem with him just taking those shots.
0: Yeah, I definitely prefer the the step out rather than the step in. If he's going to take the side be step, these Man, shots, he's got that down. Go go for 3. Yeah, right? Go for 3. Don't go for an inefficient mm. 2. Like that's uh it's not even old school ball. Like like long mid-range 2s have always been sort of the the most inefficient shot. In, in basketball, in NBA basketball, mm. and you know maybe that's what he's, he's grown up practicing, and maybe he had some success, you know, with the shorter three point line in uh, in NCAA. But mm. it's just not going to get it done, despite you know he's uh you know maybe whatever Kobe Bryant has put into his head. Uh, Wasn- I, wh- wh- I was not sh- Sorry, sorry. wasn't 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 he shooting like like all time high
1: for a rookie from corner threes last year? We should have like something those threes
2: up to Christmas, man. It was nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't, I wonder what I don't have those stats in front of me, obviously. But like, yeah, I feel like we're not we're not seeing enough of those him in the corner spotting up. Whether that's because the defense is more more hip to him and what he can offer, and they're denying him that, or whether he's just not getting there and settling for these twos, uh, I don't know. But um, if you can get back to those corner threes, and obviously them going in, that would be nice.
0: There was a game recently where I can't remember if it was the Utah game or the or the game before that, where going into the second half. Um, Brad Stevens actually benched Jason Tatum and and started Marcus smart instead yeah and when Tatum did come off the bench he almost seemed like like rattled like his ego was rattled a little bit and when he did play he he played very much more within the flow of the offense and and took his shots within the flow of the offense and he was so much more efficient obviously we didn't we didn't win that game but he he was the Jason Tatum that we new and loved last year with maybe a little bit more swagger still so i was uh, that not the phoenix game sorry ben uh perhaps it was so maybe we did win that game, <laughs> win that game. only
2: <laughs> just but yeah i think it was you know, the phoenix game because you, you played you really to, differently against utah but
0: yeah um, i mean you have to forgive me there it's easy to throw out like a like a shotgun it's, we lost that so we've been losing a lot games. lately i've <laughs> oh, cool <laughs> so easily been right but but regardless, my, my point remains in that when he was brought off the bench, that, that rattled his ego a little bit and he seemed like he played less um, under the the tutelage of, of Kobe Bryant, <laughs> if you want to go down that, that road, and more under the tutelage of Brad Stevens, which is really good to see. And I have to shout out um, just... There's a lot of differing takes in this thread, and one of them, and that it sort of segues us into the next point. So, Busted Racket wrote, I hate Kobe so fucking much. Even in retirement, this dude is still <laughs> annoying the fuck out of me. Which leads us to the next post uh, from Celtic's Reddit that we're featuring on this podcast, posted by user LaBird33. Stop taking this Kobe ruined Tatum meme seriously. Now, I have enjoyed joking about this meme. Don't talk. Don't, there's not a lot of high meme talk on this podcast, to be fair, so. I don't know. It's like, take this for what it's worth. We're not we're no meme experts, but uh <laughs> 33 thirty thirty three has written essentially an, an essay. I'm not going to read it out, but it's a, it's a full breakdown. It's got a beginning, a middle, and end. It's got stats. It's, uh, it's a real solid argument there. But his point is is just stay away from the the Kobe Ruin Tatum meme. It's it's uh, ridiculous, and there's a, a lot more wrong with Tatum um, than what Kobe Bryant could possibly be uh, capable of. But uh, I'm curious to hear what you guys think, regardless. I, I think if there was any if
1: there was any suspicion that that was true from anyone in Celtics management, I think they would, Quashed it straight away. Now, obviously, they can't tell a grown man where to go and what to do in his own time and who to hang out with in the off season and whatnot. But I think in this post, um, the lover put down. I think he even mentioned something like it was. I don't know if this is uh, legit or not, but he said it was probably only like a half an hour to an hour sort of meeting where, like, mostly for like cameras or mostly for like whatever press they were trying to tee up there. So it's not like he went into some camp and he's like giving <laughs> him like you know the, the the lessons on how to be and on, on what it means to be Mumba mentality or some shit like that. Maybe there was some element to that. Uh, perhaps, but I just get the feeling, like, it's not a matter of him just going up to Tatum and say, hey, man, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, you should be doing this. He's like, oh, yeah, cool. And then he's doing it, and that's him part of Kobe's grand plan to to wreck the Celtics. You know, if he wants to, you know, if he wants to really... I don't see why he would want to ruin the Celtics' best player rather than... <laughs> oh, Sorry, over trying to make his own team and his own fucking, you know, b- wonder kids or whatever, whether that's Lonzo Ball or Brandon Ming whatever, why isn't he, like, going to them? Why isn't he putting the same knowledge into these guys? Like, I just, I don't buy it for a second.
0: Right, have, you ever, have you ever gardened <laughs> Jackson or Joe? It's, it's much easier to destroy a, a beautiful flower than it is to, to grow them for yourself. Um. Kobe is a fierce gardener I have heard as well yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying Ben, but. do you like apples? <laughs> um,
2: yeah, this is kind of where I sort of tend to part culture a little bit with uh, conspiracy Twitter conspiracy Reddit, conspiracy Bill um, I just what's that What's that? Um, it's called like Hanlon's Razor or Hanlon's Law or something like that it's like you know, don't attribute to, like, malice what stupidity will explain or something like that. You mm-hmm. know that? Have you ever heard that? Hanlon's, uh, it is Hanlon's razor, yeah. Don't ha- attribute
1: to um, malevolence what could be attributed to ignorance or something like that. But, yeah. I think Whoa.
2: That was, that was, bro, that was super literate. Oh, so, oh sorry. No, <laughs> you, you, you set it up. You set it up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, you executed, bro. That was fabulous. Oh, hang Thank on. We've got, we've got Ben, producer Ben's on the Googles.
1: I'm dead keen to hear what the exact lettering is <laughs> So
2: the, the exact
0: uh, Google Definition is never attribute to malice That which is adequately malice. explained by stupidity
2: Yeah And to be honest um, This is Jason Tatum's Natural game right like this is What he was doing in high school And college and stuff And and he it makes a lot of sense That he got some confidence From, uh, from what happened in the last You know at the end of last season And now he's coming in and he's So thinking this is my natural game, this is what I'm going to go to, I'm the dude, I'm going to take the shots that I like taking. And, um, yeah, that's just got to change. Um, And I don't think, like, I I don't think Kobe's that smart. (laughs) And I don't think Kobe's... You know what I mean? Like He's not Kobe an evil just, genius. Yeah. I don't think. yeah. yeah. And he's, I don't actually think he's that evil either. I think Kobe actually genuinely wants all basketball players to be better. You know? Yeah, and um, to remain relevant as well. Yeah, like appearing yeah, in the yeah he media wants with that Jay too. Yeah. He would love... Put it this way, would Kobe Bryant... <laughs> Would Kobe Bryant more love to be taking have have to take credit for ruining somebody or for like elevating their play to the next level? I, I think Kobe would absolutely love to to take the credit for elevating Tatum's game to the next level. But um, I think
1: if there's any kind of long con here, it's him trying to get Tatum to the Lakers at some point right. and, I, 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 right. I, and I and I, I I think that's possible but I don't think that's what's going on again I just I just don't see Kobe Bryant having enough time in his life or whatever he's doing these days to try and you know sabotage a prospect on a rival team it just doesn't make sense yeah,
2: yeah. so but we're, my, we're giving it we're giving it airtime, time aren't we so we're it's I don't know it's
0: it's it's gone on long enough that we at least had to address it, and and La Bird did. <laughs> uh, he clearly spent a lot of time writing this up, and I, I highly recommend um, going onto Celtics Reddit. Um, I mean, you're probably already on there if you're listening to this podcast, but um, give it a read. It, it's it's kind of well thought out, and it's it's funny, but it's also informative, and it's just a, it's a good quality um, you know post and original content. The User Large Mac, uh, aka the Time Lord, writes: I think he's just trying out some new shit. I thought last game he looked really good, more like the Tatum of last year's playoffs. I think he'll be fine, Um, which I agree with. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. There's (laughs) there's so much, like, things will be fine. Everything's going to be fine, like, going on around the team at the moment. And uh, I don't know. You know, like, I I try to remain (laughs) impartial. I try my best to remain impartial, um, which is difficult because I'm a fan first and a a podcaster second. But... um, it's difficult with all the stuff going on with the team and how unsuccessful they have been and how much they've failed to meet expectations. And we continue to hear, you know, everything's going to be fine and be patient. And I've been pushing that line myself. Um, another thing and another uh, another issue to wrap the he'll be fine, it'll be fine sort of wrapper around um, just frustrates me more. I, I just. Uh, really i'm looking forward to the bulls game tomorrow which we'll get to in a second um and and so maybe that being the beginning of some success for for our team so um i don't know hopefully tatum will be fine but uh we'll see
2: yeah yeah i think this is just a young player finding his way and um like he really does have some there's I I honestly think that's his natural rhythm is to take that pull up and is, is to, you know, pump fake out of the three and, and walk into the pull-up. And it's not something that he was sort of afforded the opportunity maybe to do. Maybe didn't feel free to do it so much last year. Um, he'll probably shoot him a little bit better when he does. But um, I, I just think it's just – in the NBA, it's just a habit he's going to have to weed out. And, um, and, yeah, I think he's young enough that he still hopefully can be coached. Yeah, I – I think I think the the Utah game, well at least I think I'm pretty sure, it was the Utah game now. Yeah, um, was evidence that he can be coached.
0: Yeah, and the Portland game as well. That uh, he scored over twenty points right. in both of those games, and and it's a small sample size, but those are the two consecutive games now that show that you know maybe he's starting to turn things around a little bit. Um, so hopefully the rest of the team follows suit. Uh, now we've got a Bulls game coming up tomorrow it's tomorrow because we're recording this at night and um you know the games here in sydney and in new zealand sort of happen in the middle of the day but we've got the Bulls game coming up in less than 24 hours the Bulls are 4 and 10 uh obviously doing uh, much more poorly than we are and i I think it's a really good springboard opportunity for us and our team to you know i said this about the suns game as well and that that obviously wasn't an ideal situation but i I feel like this is a really good opportunity for us to turn it around and, and 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 use the Bulls as a as a as an opportunity to, to work our way through our offensive struggles and uh, and get back to to our original identity that we sort of um, developed last year, how are you feeling about the game tomorrow, Joe? Well,
2: I I feel like we'll win and it'll be a somewhat meaningless win. Um, uh, I guess the way we how can I put this? So you know how there's that there's this thing in how like. Good, have you ever heard of that book, Good to Great? Like the, It's like a leadership yep. thing. Yep. So one of the things they talk about, like, characteristics of great leaders, right, is they, they absolutely acknowledge, you know, the reality of what they have around them, and they still don't give up hope, right? And I mm-hmm. think that's... Um, this is big picture. You know, this is how we have to approach our, our Celtic season, right? Like uh-huh. It makes no sense if we're in the basketball equivalent of a Japanese, you know, concentration or internment camp. Or, <laughs> no, the, the Japanese were in the internment camps, weren't they? We were just we just were prisoners of war. <laughs> you know, whatever. Keep, keep going. My military history isn't that good. <laughs> but <is> anyway, <laughs> we're, we're, the, we're in the sort of basketball equivalent of it right now. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, um, That's probably a little bit of hope, but it's not good right now. It doesn't make any sense to pretend like it's not good. And equally, it doesn't make any sense to pretend like there's no hope that we can turn it around. But... You don't. There's this sense I feel like we're all wanting this overnight transition, and I just mm. don't see the overnight transition coming. Um, well, we should win against the Bulls just because we're a lot more talented than them, um, yeah. and and we may see signs, but it's not like like I, I just think if we do win, or even if we win by plenty, I don't think it means anything yet until you see like a sustained period of time where we show good habits, right? That, that's my that's my take on it, Ben.
0: I think if, if it's a blowout win, if we win by 20 points or more, and we've shown that despite, you know, the, the level of competition that we're playing with that comeback intensity the whole game, uh, I think that's a good sign. If it's a Geno victory, but, you know, if we win by 5 or 10 or whatever, then I, I don't think it's good enough um, or indicative enough of, of any sort of massive uptick in
2: our production. But we'll see. Uh, ben, like, we could get hot, like we could get really hot and beat them by twenty. Like it's not, you know, it, it, it's the type of team that they could happen against. We could still play badly, you know. We could still execute poorly, in my view, and make a whole lot of shots and still um, beat them by a ton. It's the habits that we want to look out for, right? You know, so things like intensity. Yep, intensity and execution are really related, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But, um, but yeah, I, I would still say like look at the it's it's a it's a it's a it's a qualitative thing that we've got to be looking for, you know.
0: Yeah, um, I I understand what you're saying. We sort of we barely beat the Suns recently. We lost to the Orlando Magic, so I I, I even though they're a bad team, a blight win against the Bulls, you know. I'll maybe, take it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we get hot and we just hit a bunch of threes and they come off. You know, maybe Jason Tatum ISOs on you know twenty threes and hits them all, and then I'll I'll you know I'll, I'll give that to you, Joe, but. If we start to sort of develop that chemistry and, you know, I don't I don't have the stats in front of me. I've listened to a lot of podcasts on the Celtics recently, other than our own, and there's a lot of talk about the Celtics generating the, the highest percentage of open shots across all teams. So we're doing that. Our offense is doing that. If we start to hit them, if we start to get hot, then yeah, we, we should start winning games. And I feel like the Bulls with their, you know, mediocre team, the mediocre offense and defense, it's maybe a, a team for us to... To get those reps in and 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 start actually executing on it on the offense that we're running if that makes sense
2: yeah so um the open shot thing's interesting right like you can get open shots that aren't like this is this is this is probably not all open shots are the same right and not even all open shots by the same shooter are the same like there's there's a whole lot of things that can make a that, like if the pass is thrown at your ankles, mm-hmm. you could still be open. But I guarantee you, you could be just as open. But I guarantee you'll shoot a worse percentage than if that ball hits you right in the numbers. Sure. And and I guess that what I'm looking for is I'm looking for tomorrow are like a high percentage of, of of plays where um you know where guys are hit, you know are catching the ball in stride. Right, mm-hmm. where, the, where guys are catching the ball In position to, to do something With it instantly I love Marcus Smart but he's been throwing some awful Passes out of the He likes to throw these behind the back passes to Horford Out of the pick and roll and they're <laughs> off to the side <laughs> and, and down yeah. low And we just can't generate We can't get any traction Against a, a defence if we're like that I want to see crisp execution um, And and Yeah that's the sort of thing I'm looking for um, That, that yeah, so uh, I guess we agree, <laughs> you know, but um, but like that, that that comment about the open shots, I sort of feel like, yeah, we might have open shots, but it doesn't feel like we've put a lot of pressure on the defense. There's sort of a, like a sense to you, uh, tell me if this makes sense to you, Ben, but it's, it feels like earned shots go in more mm-hmm. than unearned shots, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 I, I, I get what you mean, and... Like
0: it goes back to intensity, and there have been a number of times where I feel like I've seen, you know, a starting five get these open shots, and it's like they they don't want them to go in, you know, like they just <laughs> kind of they just kind of chuck them up, like they're in warm ups, and it's that intensity, it's that desire to win and to to will the shot in that has to go along with. Like, you're in the NBA, like, you need more than just, like, anyone can sort of go out there and get in rhythm and shoot, like, you need more than that, so I get what you mean, like, you need to you need to earn it, you need to want it, you need to will the shots in, and and I, we've started off with this whole, you know, we look so good on paper, um, of course we're going to win, of course we're going to be the one seed, that's clearly not the case, and um, you know, I, I, I do think, and this gets back to what I'm saying about this Bulls game, I Sooner or later, against a bad team, and uh, I feel sorry for whoever this team ends up being. We're gonna decide. We're gonna realize what we need to do to to make things work and to win. And hopefully, it'll be against the Bulls uh, tomorrow.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I'd be very surprised if we lost. Very surprised. If
0: we lost. <laughs> hopefully, we win in dominant fashion. I guess is what I'm saying. Now we've yeah. got the Raptors. Totally different thing. Doing a complete 180. They're 12 and two. Uh, Pascal Siakam won. Uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Week, which um, I I guess I hadn't been monitoring the Raptors very closely. I was surprised to see that. Um, But, you know, looking at the stats, uh, he's been doing really well. Not crazy numbers, but he's he's been really efficient. And the Raptors themselves are a really well-coached team. Nick Nurse has done, obviously, a really good job with that team. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is a huge factor, and and Kyle Lowry is, is, uh, you know, efficient as always. I don't think we'll win that game i i want to do like the typical me thing and be like yeah like that's going to be our statement game and like (laughs) we'll come out and we're at home and like we owe them one it's the raptors they beat us last time we need to show that we're the dominant team in in the the conference but um the raptors are really really good and
2: we're maybe on our way to being good but we're so not there yet so it's gonna be we need to put some flipping respect on that raptors name man yeah like that team is good like not only have they been our daddy for the last however many years, right? Mm-hmm. But like, they are way better than it. to to me. Like, I, I just, man, I I think there is, like, they're like they're not far off Golden State. Like in in my view, man. Yeah. Like I, I I honestly think they're that good. eh? um, and Kyle, I feel like I've I felt like Kyle Lowry had one of the most underrated contracts in the league because mm-hmm. it was only three years, you know. So even if he falls, even if he's a shell of himself next year, he's an expiring on thirty million dollars, man. Like I just, man, that Raptors team is—they are well set up. They are super well set up, man.
0: Yeah, that's it's definitely going to be a tough game. Uh, that's uh, a Friday night for those in in Boston and and the states. It's Saturday, starts at eleven a.m. here in Sydney. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit cheeky and watch that in a pub, I reckon, because I'm going to need to lean on um, (laughs) the relaxation effects of alcohol, I think, for that game because I I don't think it's going to be pretty. Um, But I would love to be wrong. Now, the Jazz game, the following day, it's back-to-back. We've got the Jazz. The Jazz game was interesting. I I was at a wedding for some of it, so I I couldn't watch the whole thing in its entirety. I watched the condensed version on the League Pass afterwards and... It seemed like it came down to execution. Uh, and I think it was Brad Stevens who said in his post-game interviews that it was really the end of the first half and the beginning of the third quarter that lost us that game where we could just never really get back into it. And the optimist in me wants to say that we'll learn from that and we'll execute properly on our home court against the team that we sort of barely lost against and we had another near comeback against them uh, late in that game. I, I'm pretty confident about the Jazz game, particularly seeing as we'll probably need... We'll have desire for a bounce back win after getting pummeled by the Raptors the night before. That's my take.
2: Yeah, I'll be very happy with a split from those games. Mm-hmm. Very happy with a split. I think the Jazz have underperformed expectations just as much as we have. And um, just, man, hypothetically, like if we could trade Jason Tatum for Joe Ingles right now, we would be a much better team. Like, <laughs> we would Wow It is it is, And it's. And I'm not I'm not even going to qualify it like, but I mean that, that's a short term It's, it's 100% right? truth Yeah I'm not I, saying I'm not saying that That's what you want to do For your franchise building I'm saying if you wanted to win The 2019 NBA championship Yeah Right uh-huh. That would put you closer I would i yeah. will. very happy to go out On a limb with that
0: yeah, and that's not even biased because you're from New Zealand and Joe Inglis is, uh, is from Australia. So, I've completely uh, exactly, obje- a objective
2: viewpoint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. No, actually, you guys are so stacked. The oh boomers. my gosh, man. The boomers are yeah. just—it's ridiculous. Are they even going to have any guys from the from the NBL in the t- in the in the Olympic team? I think
0: they'll have to uh, fill the bench with some NBL players, but yeah, yeah the, the starting lineup and like Ben Simmons and Thon Maker, uh, Patty Mills, like they've got some really good talent there. And uh, I've got tickets to both the the Melbourne games next year when Team USA right. are coming out to to play the Boomers um, pre the the league the the FIBA competition, with, which I think is in China. So. Very much looking forward to that. Spend way too much money on those tickets, but totally, totally worth it. Um, yeah, look, regarding Joe Ingalls, I dare you to go on Celtics Reddit right now and propose that trade. And I uh, would love love to see the the community um, and, and their response to that because I understand what you're saying and, you, and you're right. But um, like, this is a Celtics podcast. We like this eventuated from like a, Baseline Celtics fandom. So while you are technically correct, um, it goes against every fiber of my being to agree with you. So I will not.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I tell you what. Okay, let's let's put the cat amongst the pigeons. Would you trade Gordon Hayward for Joe Ingles? Oh hell, yes you would. Huh. You so would. This is why, you, why I'm not, not a GM of an NBA team. <laughs> uh, no,
0: no. I you gotta. I mean, if you were Utah. Would you trade Joe Ingles for Gordon Hayward?
2: No, not not in a million years. I would, like ha- Hayward's got a great contract. Uh, sorry, Ingles has got a great contract. Yep. Um, yeah, he does come down to the contract. Uh, he's <laughs> he's. I mean, for goodness' sake,s he gets to the rim. I mean, he um, you know at their peaks, you know Hayward is obviously a better player, but sure. But we know what Ingles is. We don't know what Hayward is going to be, and he makes twice as much money yeah i I don't know
0: in life sometimes the unknown uh is what brings the most
2: excitement so we'll we'll see we'll see about hayward (laughs) i guess the big big question the big point i want to make with that though isn't so much i i kind of enjoy you know stirring it but Uh (laughs) there's a certain type of player that you need right like you can't have all stars you need guys that That make your offense function. And it's it's you know, Draymond it's why Draymond Green's way more important. Like to me, if I'm the Warriors, low key, I would choose Draymond over KD. Uh (laughs) And I know I know how dumb that sounds, but it's just a just from playing basketball, man. Like Mm. I know who if I was in the mix, I know who I'd rather have, you know, and guys like Draymond are really, really important um to keep your offense functioning smoothly. Um that don't require as many shots, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a value in that. You know, there's actually a real value in not being a scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I get um, it. Like,
0: I've played pick-up with guys where they can all shoot really well and, like, some of them can dunk and they're really individually sound players. But if you cut to the basket and you're open, like, they won't pass you the ball, even yeah. though that is the ideal play to make. So... Um, Unless it's me, because I've got the yips <laughs> around the laps. I'm like Markel
2: Fultz when it comes to the laps right now. Man. Uh,
0: faulty, faulty. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's if sad. they didn't recently acquire Jimmy Butler, then I would say at least we're not the Sixers, but um, they, they may well be okay, but we'll see. Um, they are a, a historically tainted franchise. Okay, mm-hmm. well, look, interesting times, you know we we've gone as, as deep as uh, proposing a hypothetical trade uh, between Gordon Hayward <laughs> and Joe Ingles so I feel
2: a little misrepresented but um but whatever you know no no like i i don't put get that wrong.
0: There. i understand what you're saying if if we were if there were no seasons beyond this point if we right. were going to experience a forever lockout then it would make yep. sense but um outside of that vacuum um it hurts it hurts my soul to consider that um, but you know we're all we're all um, entitled to our, our takes. But uh, honestly, I would honestly, Joe, I'd, I would recommend that you make that um, trade proposal on Celtics Reddit just because I, I would love to see the uh, the ensuing uh, infighting that happens there.
2: The flame war, the flame <laughs> war that would come. All right, yeah. I'm
0: gonna do it just for the hell of it. Like, please, please do that. I would, I would love that. So. <laughs> all right interesting times Uh, hopefully we can kick things back off with a uh, win against the Bulls tomorrow but until then that will just about do it for this episode episode 31 of the Celtics Reddit podcast certainly interesting and for some including myself unexpected times for the Celtics as the schedule eases up a little bit perhaps we'll start to see some rhythm and tempo um, that sort of rhythm and tempo that we've been missing so much in the meantime follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod or if you can't be bothered comment on the Reddit post for this episode and we'll shout you out on the next show if your comment is worthy okay Joe thanks again for joining us Jackson I know you're not here right now but I'm going to thank you anyway because you were on the podcast earlier Uh, guys you're about to say Jackson's here in spirit (laughs) he is most certainly here in spirit absolutely and Joe of course thank you again for uh, for joining us
2: alright dude it was fun
0: good times alright thanks guys we'll see you in a week peace